Hello and welcome to the Meshed Young Adult Ministry Podcast. Today, we have top leaders in young adult ministry sharing the essentials of strategic ministry to young adults. So about six years ago, I started leading my first ever young adult group. And uh, I thought it was going to be great. I would send out flyers and postcards, put it in a bulletin and announce it on Sunday morning and everybody would come because I would preach. Yeah. And I realized very quickly that this was a train wreck. Did you do the door hangers, you know, like from Outreach Magazine? I didn't do the door hangers. That's <laughs> okay. probably what I meant. If I would have done that, yes. more people so, would have come. Cool, man, man I missed right. out on that one. Yeah. But I realized very quick that I was just very unprepared, unplanned, didn't know what I was talking about, didn't know how to really engage young adults within that context of our gathering. And a lot of times I just, I didn't know what to do. Do I pick a curriculum? Do I study on my own and just preach straight straight from the Bible? So what exactly are we supposed to do? Because for me, um, I feel with my personality, I'd just rather study the Bible, come up with something, and teach on that. But then at the same time, I feel like there's great stuff out there that I don't use, and, and the tension is there. And I'm just wondering, is, is that okay, or where do we even start in, in, in that whole process? I say uh, you got to step back even a little bit from that. What you had said about the way you started the ministry, very focused on reaching out to people, very focused on getting things in their hands. That's how I started. I started, I, I was all worried about the aesthetics. I was worried about what kind of coffee we were going right. to brew. I was worried about what the cups would look like. I was worried yeah, about what our logo was going to be, yeah. what the postcards would be, how cool we can make the experience. And I went to a mentor and I'm telling him through my list of everything. And he says, that's great. It's like you're inviting someone over your house. You want to make sure everything looks good. But what are you going to actually put down in front of them and feed them? Yeah. Fluff? Cotton candy? What are you, what are you going to give them? Right and uh, so he, he hit me he hit me right right between the eyes with that. And he said, you know, maybe go through the Gospel of John. Just go through the whole Gospel of John week by week, oh, yeah. and uh, just do that. Because if you're not going to give them anything significant, then what what is what is the purpose? Sure. Jesus didn't want us to just come and be good interior interior designers, you know, of ministry. So uh, yeah. I know I've been challenged even at the onset of that. We could focus so much more on the aesthetics because we think that's what's going to draw people in, but uh, but it won't keep them. You used the word cool, and I felt that tension when I first started, and I see it replicated in others. Earl Kreps is a mentor of mine. He yeah. described at one point, he said, most young adult groups look like a Best Buy and a Pier 1 <laughs> and an Apple and Store, store smashed together. Yeah, sure. And then if you do that, then they will come, you know. But I found myself, and I'm up front, you get, I found myself desiring to be more cool sure. than creating life change. That's right. That's it. I mean, I've been around this long enough. I went through the stripy shirt stage, you know, where you had all the stripy. Everybody was wearing stripy shirts. Then I never had a faux hawk. I'm in the south in rural, so I I wanted to keep my job. So I was wasn't crazy, but I I was there. Uh, Then, uh, then there was the embroidered shirt stage, you know, with the with the big fleur de lis and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I still have a couple of those. So there's come and going. I don't. I think we have to be relevant. I don't think that, but. The moment you substitute cool for the power of God, sure. then you're no longer attractional. You're just cool. Yeah. People aren't attracted to cool. I think people are attracted to the power of God transforming and changing their lives. Yeah. Um, so I, I sense that tension in my own life. You, did you yeah. guys feel that? We, we went through it. Yeah. We hit it. Um, and then it, it, makes it, it makes it difficult. Uh, it makes it difficult to feel... Well, are they going to leave? Are they going to be there? Especially when you're starting up, you're going to have that question. Right. You're going to have that tension. 
are they going to are they going to want this? Are, gonna, are they going to desire it? Um, and it'll surprise you. You know, our first week we had uh, we we had a, quite a few young adults show up. The following week we saw like a thirty five to forty percent drop just one week. What, what's it about? And we we're like, no, we're sticking the course. And then it you know was back up and fine. But you know those things scare us because we're more worried sometimes about attracting people than we are about sure. seeing them be transformed. And uh, if we sacrifice quality in the word for at the altar of, uh, of, of a trend or a fad, then, then what do we have at the end of it? Because yeah. we can't keep up. I've already gave up. So i got to be myself. Yeah. Now, you asked about curriculum. Now, it doesn't mean you don't use curriculum. Yeah. I, I write my own stuff for some of my gatherings and for my messages. I've got a team that helps me with others. But there's some weeks that, um, and sometimes that people have good ideas and good thoughts. We were talking earlier about Margaret Feinberg. Yeah. Great communicator, great writer, yeah. specifically yeah. for young adults. You got to use her. She can. She use her material. It'll helpful to you. Yeah. And do what's in your gift zone. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you said you have a team that helps you come up with some stuff. Right. What What does that look like? Well, I've got um, four or five young adults. They're all volunteers. They're not on staff or anything like that. We talk through series. We, um, and we'll talk specifically about our gathering. That's a worship experience. Typical worship preaching. Okay. And um, we pick themes and series where we're headed. Uh, and what we're going to accomplish. And then we walk through content. I share with them my messages before we're speaking. So here's this is what we're doing. Sometimes full manuscripts. And uh, they kind of got it. One And it, it's a give and take. It's very vulnerable. Um, yeah. One time, a few about two years ago, I had this great word from God. When Moses and I went up the mountain, got it and came <laughs> back down and said, people, here it is. And my people said, that can't be from God because that's not any good. And uh, uh, it was it was dosing. But you know what? They were right. Yeah. Um, then there, we're currently starting a series next week um, after this after this all happens. And um, they said, hey, we, we think we need to talk about this. We need to talk about some issues and lifestyle and holiness. The little things in life yeah. was what one of the girls said on my team. I jumped. I said, little things. That's the deal. And we're going through Colossians 3 cool. Cool. and talking about little things. Well, they drove it. Um, but there's other times where I feel like I'm supposed to do what I'm supposed to do. So how do you how do you yeah, prep? I know for us uh, a couple of years back we, I had this this idea this idea about uh, a game Monopoly and and how to give God exclusive rights to your life. And I thought a four week series was going to be it. I called uh, some of our core leaders from our team. I uh, called my wife as well. She'll speak uh, in the ministry. We sat down to lunch. I just laid it all out. Here it is. This is what it is. And they said, Well, what about this game? What about this? And here's it. And I'm thinking, Ah, no, this is this is it. They said. No, it's not. It's too. It's too small. It's too narrow. They start rattling off. We rattle off twenty-five wow. games with wow. these spiritual, significant truths that we're just hitting. We uh, we call it the games of life, and we we rattle off a six-month series, longest one of the longest ones we'd, we'd ever done. And I'll tell you what, by and far, it's uh, it was the greatest greatest series we've ever done uh, in the ministry, and we saw the greatest growth in the ministry when we were doing that. And so, collaborative team building of that and letting the give and take, letting it. Uh, come off as, you know, it's not, this isn't just mine. This isn't just my word. It's, it's ours. We're sharing this as a community and as a team. It's been great. We got back to it again for another series that we just started called Back in the Day. Both of them happen to be about nostalgia. I don't know if yeah. nostalgia resonates with all young adults. It definitely does with our group. Sure. And uh, we're doing that again. And it's been, it's been good. It's been exciting. Yeah. You know, it seems like something like that could work for you and your style. And that's great. But honestly, for me, I could never do something like that. Like we meet in a Panera Bread on Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. We don't have a sound system. We don't have a screen. Sure, we don't have fun. any of that kind of stuff. Sure. 
And I kind of think, what, what do we even talk about? So one morning I just asked the group, what do you guys want us to talk about in this group? On you Sunday asked morning? them? I did. Because <laughs> yeah. honestly, I didn't know. Yeah. And I thought for sure they would say, you know, relational stuff, mm -hmm. stuff about being a leader. And they just said, we just want to study the Bible. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just said, okay, what book of the Bible would you like to study? And the majority of them, for whatever reason, wanted to study 1 Corinthians. So for the last six months, we've been going through That's it. Awesome. And we're just now starting chapter That's 6 in 1 Corinthians. Yeah. And you're hitting on something that's key. And I think it, it's a mistake most people make, that I, and I'm coaching, and you, you, we both, all three of us coach young adult leaders in different stages, sure. is they, they see what you do. You guys have the well. And they yeah. hear us talking. And they're like, we have to start our own yeah. event experience. But I think you got to figure out what your purpose and focus yeah. is. Yeah. And you, whatever you do, you have to do it with excellence. Sure. At the same time, meet the needs. And so um, we do periodically in what we call a needs assessment, yeah. where we say, okay, what are the needs currently going on in our young adult group? And our young adults in our, in, our, in our community, in our church, we started that way. And so when we began years ago, when we looked at the needs and we assessed the needs of our community, our team came up with the realization that our Sunday morning experience was not young adult friendly. Yeah. We were high church, choir robes, yeah. everything. Great, great church, yeah. not young adult friendly. Yeah. So we said we started out to create an experience that was young adult friendly and we ended up on a worship experience and it was great. Yeah. All the stuff, cool shirts, coffee, the whole thing. Over five years, and it, our Sunday morning experience transformed to look more like our young adult experience. So much so that even the guy leading worship for us ended up started yeah. leading worship on Sunday morning. Sure. Yeah. We were video graphics driven on in our young adult experience. Sunday morning became, and we had to do that to survive on Sunday morning. Okay. We hit this point about four years ago where we realized all of a sudden our Sunday morning experience is a better young adult experience than what we're doing. Because yeah. and we no longer needed it, hmm. so we had to start over, sure. and say, so what are the needs? And what we discovered was that we were missing some relational components. We were miss there were our young adults were missing some some basic core life issues. Yeah. So I work. We get a lot of eighteen to twenty one year olds. Hmm. Most of them, our group, uh, probably reflected in y'all's single parent homes. Yeah. Uh, dad's not engaged. We found, discovered whole groups of guys who didn't know how to fill out their tax returns, who didn't, who'd never applied for financial aid before, yeah. had never done those things. And so we had, we said, all right, this is a need. We need to address it. So let's figure out how to do it. Yeah. Um, and so I'd encourage anybody to do a needs assessment yeah. to figure out what you need and don't feel the pressure to create a service. Now, I, and I'm I'd be afraid. I mean, I, I know we're putting this on the internet. Afraid for some of my groups to see my group to see it, but I I would even say there's going to come a point when we don't need our worship gathering anymore. Oh. It's potential, hmm. and when that moment comes, if I keep it going as because it, then I'm that guy we talk about, who's more in love with the, what they do yeah. than what the people they are serving need. Yeah. That's it. Now, how how do you gather those needs? How do you do the needs assessment? I know for us we did that at the beginning of uh, last year, and that's kind of what started that process of a. Uh, Recasting vision in the ministry, refiguring out where we could focus, what our target was. We did a survey, long survey, yeah. uh, something along those lines. We had, you know, hundred and some people fill out that survey for us, give us the feedback. It helped us. Is that what you did, or? Yeah, I found that we have to ask questions and we have to record answers. Mm -hmm. What happens is in ministry, we have a tendency 
to anecdotally act on information. Mm -hmm. So you're at coffee with with random with Rick, and Rick says, "What we what I really want is a soccer club for young adults." So run with it. And so we run with it, and so we stand up in passion. We're like, "Oh, that's great!" And four people are interested. So again, every context Rick's different. Happy, though, Rick's happy is great. Him and his two friends, and so um, you know, right now. Uh, or we had this happen. We had a couple guys came to me and said, we need to fill out March Madness NCAA brackets. This is the thing. Young adults kill and love this. They love it. It's be awesome. Yeah. And so we put money out there. We advertised it and we got four people doing it. The guy whose idea it was, yeah. his friend, me, and some person who I don't know who they are. Okay. So we have to move from anecdotal to, okay, strategically looking at, here, here's the needs assessments. Then I think some of it, you, you have to look at your context. So are you, are you a college town? Uh, no, I wouldn't say we're a college town, but we have it about 30 to 40 minutes away. We have within that radius five or six Same thing with universities. Me. We don't have something, we're not buddied up to a university. Yeah. So yeah. that push to do a college focus kind of thing, that's not a need. We don't need a campus ministry. We don't have a campus within 35 miles of us. But if we were next door to a campus, yep. then I'd be doing campus ministry. I'd be figuring out a way to be on campus. Yeah. Um, I think that's part of that needs assessment. Uh, what we learned, you, you asked your group, what do they want to study? Want to study? So want? last November, I sat down with our crew and I strategically picked key people who were influencers in the group and yeah. then did broad across the board via Facebook, Twitter, and in a message. And I said, so what do you want to talk about? And instead of getting like, I want to study First Corinthians, I got all kinds of just basic generic questions. It's like, why do you, why do we do music at the beginning? And what we realized is we, we've had an influx of unchurched people. Okay. Yeah. So, so we, our series was, what's up with that? So that, that was the deal. What's up with that? Yeah. All you homiletic, whatever people would hate it. There, I mean, we, we didn't preach a message. I got a question and say, okay, here's the question. So what's happened now? Here's. Off the record, yeah. the coolest thing was they asked me questions I've been dying to be able to work into curriculum, but I never always afraid to. So they asked me about homosexuality, yeah. and so my answer is now not because I'm an angry person or I have an agenda. I'm answering your question, and so the, I read the question. I said, "Now we got to we got to talk about this. Yeah. This is a real deal." And it was great. You know, and with that, I know we've all heard, you know, if you're not answering the questions that people are asking, then what's the point? Exactly. And I think based on that need, we need to figure out what are the questions our people are asking. And that oftentimes determines what our content is going to be within the setting. That's lack of relationships. That's lack of community. Because if you're just standing up and you're answering question, the question that no one's asking, yeah. then then that's who's going to show up to, yeah. to hear about it. You know, it's, it is yeah. difficult. And so the more... Uh, kind of you become tight-knit with the community. The more feedback yeah. you're getting from a team, the more you have uh, as much as you can your thumb on the pulse, the heartbeat of the ministry, where they're at, what the young adults are looking for, then you can start to address some some real issues, whether you're asking them flat out or you're whether you're giving them what they want or you're giving them what they need. Uh, hopefully you have a way of gauging that and knowing it so that you can actually address it well. So when we did our needs assessment, we realized what we were created for we no longer needed, and so we started evaluating, started asking questions. People were looking for places to connect. They were looking for, you said something going deeper. We found this as well. Yeah. And so we went from a one service group to we created a Sunday school class that was great. Then we, we found a whole group of people 
that they were looking for Tuesday night or something during the week. So we got a men and men's Bible study and a women's Bible study. Um, we found a whole group that Sunday night was their thing. So we have we have a young adult thing that happens on Sunday night. And what's interesting is I lost some I lost some personal feel from this because we had a big group that worshipped together. And so I was the young adult pastor who had a big group at a big service. I split it all up. So now if you came to Saturday night six years ago and you came to this time, you'd say, man, you have really fallen off. But the truth is, I'm actually ministering and reaching more young adults than I ever did before. Because the Sunday night people are different from the Sunday morning people are different from the Tuesday night people are different from the Saturday night people. There's some blend. There's some carryover. But that's what needs assessment does. You figure out what people need and then you create an experience to help them. Because the goal is not to build a service. No, it's to minister to them. Yeah, so often we do the reverse, that we focus on the how first yeah. instead of first discovering you know the who and the what and the why and i think that's so good first discover who are we trying to reach why what are their needs and what questions are they asking and then that will determine what our young adult ministry is going to look like after that thanks for listening in join us next time on the meshed young adult ministry podcast For more resources, check out yaministry.org.